MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, August 31st. Today, we reach the deadline for the U.S. to completely withdraw troops from Afghanistan. More details are uncovered from the January 6th attack on the Capitol and what was happening behind the scenes. Activists in D.C. and across the country marked the anniversary of the March on Washington by making good trouble. We'll tell you how you can continue their work. And polls tighten in the bullshit Republican recall attempt of California Governor Gavin Newsom. Then AG has an interview with Lori Garcia, a mom and community organizer with Broward for Progress. And we're going to give you our to-do list for this week so you can make an impact and, you know, help us save our democracy. A little stuff like that. (laughs) Allison Gill and Dana Goldberg are on vacation. So we're your guest hosts from Swing Left's How We Win podcast, Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. Yay, we're taking over the beans. Steve, I feel like I am such a huge fan of this podcast. I feel like Beyonce has come to me and said, (laughs) I need you to fill in on a concert. Like these are some big shoes we have to fill, but I think we're going to, we're going to do a a pretty good job. And we're also going to bring a little of the swing left, how we win philosophizing of, of getting into action too. Yeah. A little how we win flavor into your cup of beans this morning. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how that will go, but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll take good care of it. And we're just excited to be here. But before we get started, we of course want to acknowledge um, and there's over a million people right now without power in Louisiana. And uh, mm-hmm. we're just seeing the effects of Hurricane Ida unfold. So we want to just reach out to any listeners who are affected by that and um, and send you our, our best. And uh, and I'm grateful that we have a, a preemptive response from this administration to that disaster and not someone throwing paper towels at you. Yeah. What a, what a difference 16 years and uh, some actual pre- preparedness makes. So we're thinking of everybody who who finds themselves impacted by this storm and I know that so many of our listeners are going to do everything they can to help out. Absolutely. So I'm excited to hear the song. So let's hit those hot notes. Hot notes. So as we were saying earlier, today is the deadline for the U.S. to completely withdraw troops from Afghanistan. Such a a tense and and historic day. There are reportedly 250 Americans left in the country who want to leave but haven't been able to make it to the airport in Kabul to get out. And in spite of that, the Biden administration has committed to providing them with safe passage, even beyond today. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says August 31st is not a cliff. After August 31st, we believe that we have substantial leverage to hold the Taliban to its commitments to allow safe passage for American citizens, legal permanent residents, and the Afghan allies who have travel documentation to come to the United States. So a big day, you know, and the strange thing is that, you know, as the administration faces this incredibly challenging drawdown overseas, Biden is taking on opposition here at home for his refugee resettlement policies, which is just ludicrous and, and insane. A group of Republicans led by Donald Trump uh, has accused him of bringing in a flood of, quote, dangerous Afghan refugees. And we're anticipating that that this kind of language is going to be with us through through next year's midterm elections. Who would have seen that kind of language <laughs> coming from the Republicans? Mm, I, yeah. I am shocked that the very same people who were crying to get out of Afghanistan and withdraw all of our troops are now uh, saying they don't want Afghan refugees here in the U.S. Gosh, didn't see that one coming from the the party of of hate and blame. So um, 
I did. Can just just in case imagine? people don't understand my dry yeah. wit. I did see that coming. I'm going to clarify. She was very sarcastic. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is this is straight out of the re- Republican playbook. It, you, you can't make sense of it, but you, you can't be surprised by it either. It's awful and heartless. And uh, and once again, I'm, I'm grateful that we have an administration who is uh, leading with compassion here. And also, I, I, I want to just give a shout out if you all heard yesterday's Daily Beans episode with Lincoln's Bible. I want to just thank her for reading mm, yeah. the profiles on the service members who were killed in the in the bombing. It's really Very powerful, powerful. And I appreciated her doing that. For our next hot note, uh, Politico has uncovered more details from the January 6th attack on the Capitol and what was happening behind the scenes. Previously... Ohio Republican Jim Jordan. That name chokes out of me when I try. It's not a natural thing to come out of my mouth. Has said that while he knows he spoke with Donald Trump that day, he doesn't recall when they spoke, who else may have been involved, etc. Well, political reporting may help jog his memory. They say Jordan spoke with Trump at least twice that day, including once from a safe room where he and Matt gets another one that I have difficult articulating, difficulty articulating. He said that he and Matt Getz implored Trump to tell his supporters to stand down. He implored Trump to tell his supporters to stand down per source with knowledge of that call. The source declined to say how Trump responded to this request. Well, we well, we know, we know. how he responded <laughs> because we saw it in real time. He said, you all are full of love and we love you. That's how he responded. Yeah. Um, so question, if Trump and his cronies, as the Republicans keep telling us, weren't responsible for January 6th, why would these close friends and confidants of his be begging him to call these people off? I want to take my jacket off and uh, and just wear my white shirt and tie and roll up my cuffs and and go on a Jim <laughs> oh Jordan esque rant about this, but uh, it's it's so obvious. The writing's on the wall. I'm excited to hear more of this uh, for many many of us. I'm sure all of the listeners here. This is coming way too slow. We want some resolution here. We want some some people to face repercussions for their actions. I'm hoping this is the beginning of that, and this is some good reporting from Politico that will continue to follow. Uh, yes. This weekend, thousands of protesters rallied in Washington and other U.S. cities on Saturday to demand protections for voting rights, aiming to pressure lawmakers to pass legislation to counter a wave of ballot restrictions in Republican-led states. Held on the anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s historic 1963 March on Washington, organizers of the March on for Washington and Voting Rights rallies stressed that the moves to curb voting access would disproportionately affect people of color. Duh. In D.C., right, <laughs> intentionally, yeah. in D.C., protesters holding Black Lives Matter flags and signs called for federal legislation and marched from McPherson Square to the final meeting point at the National Mall, where a series of civil rights leaders delivered marks not far from where King gave his iconic I Have a Dream speech 58 years ago. Now, back then, the youngest speaker at the March on Washington was future Congressman John Lewis. Some of the events this weekend were also appropriately called the Make Good Trouble rallies. In addition to voting rights, attendees were calling for eviction moratoriums and D.C. statehood. So a big weekend and, and like exactly the best possible way to commemorate the anniversary of the March on Washington. 100 percent. And LB mentioned this on the show yesterday, but it's so nice. We had to talk about it twice. This is something that did not get covered enough for very good reason. You know, we have Hurricane Ida that everyone is tracking and the horrible situation in Afghanistan. So we wanted to make sure that we talked about this more because especially on our podcast, we're not just the news, we're what you can do about it. And this is what people really can do. They can support events like this, get out in the street and protest, make their voices heard, and also call your representatives. Tell them that you want to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Tell them that needs to go through now. We need to continue to advocate for this. D.C. statehood is like for so many reasons so important. First of Mm -hmm. all, it's just the right thing to do for actual citizens to have representation in the federal government. But it's also a game changer. And the the whole reason why Republicans are stifling D.C. statehood 
is because once again, they don't want everyone to have an equal vote. They want to stifle, especially people of color's power and voice so that they can maintain the majority or power in the halls of Congress. So two likely additional Democratic senators would come out of D.C. statehood and Republicans are going to do everything they can to fight that. We need to make sure we're doing everything we can to advocate for that. And, you know, this is obviously the filibuster stands in our way. So we need to advocate for that, too. We need to get rid of the filibuster, maybe support Representative Clyburn's carve out where the filibuster could potentially be carved out for voting rights. So a lot of work for us to do to make our voices heard. Yes, that was a lot. Yeah, no, no, (laughs) but it's helpful and it's a good reminder. And you know what? I'm going to call Senators Cruz and... Cornyn and and talk to them, their offices about this uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Act. As you can see, I feel like it'll be a call in futility, but at least (laughs) I'll go I'll go on the record. Now you are in California and you You're in uh, Texas. I'm in Texas. Figure that out. Yeah. You're in California. Oh man, I miss it there. (laughs) And Californians have some work to do over the next couple of weeks and us folks outside the state can help them too. Absolutely. And yeah, boy, Texas seems to be ground zero for bullshittery right now and (laughs) power grabs from a uh, just soulless Republican legislature. But there's there's some bullshittery going on in California right now. Hold my beer, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) With the Republican power grabbing effort to subjugate the will of our voters once again. And recall Governor Gavin Newsom. Mm. According to the New York Times, California has way more registered Democrats than Republicans. That's not just according to the New York Times. That's a fact. That's fact. And uh, and the latter are indeed driving this recall effort. But Republicans are all revved up about the fight, making the to recall or not to recall split among likely voters uncomfortably close. Mm. The polls are really tightening right now, depending on who bothers to participate in the September 14th election. Governor Newsom could soon find himself out of a job. If that happens, his likely successor looks to be a right wing, outrage peddling, misogynistic radio host who opposes abortion rights, mask mandates and any type of minimum wage. He thinks the minimum wage should be zero. All elected officials, of course, must contend with unhappy constituents and partisan passions. But Californian leaders face an additional challenge, this out-of-touch recall system adopted more than a century ago that invites frequent, even frivolous, attempts to oust officials from any perceived offense. This is interesting. I didn't realize this. Every California governor since 1960 has endured at least one recall attempt. Hmm. In his first term, Mr. Newsom faced five, but none made it onto the ballot. The only Republican to capture the state's governorship in the past two decades was... Our governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who won as part of the 2003 recall of Governor Gray Davis. It's just a power grab exploiting the system once again to subjugate the will of the voters. And we've got uh, like 12 days left in this election. I know that I said the election date, uh, RE, this New York Times article is September 14th. It's actually right now because all the voters have the ballots in their possession, they were mailed out. So we have work to do on this. Yeah, the, the upside of, of being a, a voter in California right now is that everybody gets a ballot in the mail. But the challenge with an election, special election like this is most people don't expect it. They're not looking out for it. Right. A lot of them probably throw them away. So um, volunteers that are working on voter education have their work cut out for them. And, you know, we keep on our podcast, we, we talk a lot about the national implications of local things, why right. you should pay attention to things that are happening in, you know, California or in a, a, a congressional district in Virginia. These things do have a ripple effect. And, and here, as you were saying, the GOP is looking for new and unique ways to manipulate elections into their favor. They can't get the votes in California. Republicans are a third party, so they will do anything else they can to win. So we can't allow this to become a model for Republicans across the country. The other piece of this is if a Republican out of the 40 plus people who are, are running to, to replace Newsom, if a Republican wins and, you know, for whatever reason, Senator Dianne Feinstein, who's 88 years old, has to vacate her seat before her time is up, then that governor would 
appoint her replacement, which would put our majority in the Senate in jeopardy mm-hmm. because it's so thin. So it would put the gavel back in the hand of oh, Mitch no. McConnell. No. No. I'm just going to say it out loud because that's what's at stake. Okay, now that Steve has terrified you, <laughs> you should know why why this recall attempt, the bullshit Republican recall attempt matters. And in a couple minutes, we're going to tell you how you can get involved. Yes, and we need you to get involved. But before we do that, we just want to highlight, on our show, we always highlight a hero of the week. And we're not going to spend a lot of time doing it now because we want you to join us on Wednesday for our show to hear from our actual hero of the week who is Keiko Ajina. She's an actor who has been using her platform for good. You probably know her from Gilmore Girls. You can learn more about her fight for voting rights, vaccine access, and her work with Swing Left and Vote Forward to train volunteers to write letters and win elections. She is awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. It's pretty rare for uh, an actor to be willing to to take a stand on things. So it's always exciting to hear from the ones who do. And on How We Win, we've we've had a good number of them come on and share their origin stories, which are always fascinating. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's also lent her time and talent, as I said, to a bunch of training stuff for Swing Left and for Vote Forward. I had the opportunity in the midterm cycle when I was working as training director at Swing Left to produce a video with her and my friend actor Matt Lesher on uh, phone banking. And it's just a delightful, fun video that's, you know, was for the midterms. But anyway, she is delight. She's a delight. You guys are going to love hearing from her. If anyone can make phone bank training sexy, it's Swing Left. (laughs) I'll tell you that. We're doing it again. (laughs) Let's talk about this week's to-do list. Yes. So every week on our show, we give you a to-do list so that you have clear actions to take, which will make an impact because we're not the news. We're what you can do about it. And we've talked about two of them already in our hot notes. One, of course, is to call your representatives. Mariah's going to have a great conversation with Ted Cruz all about passing the John (laughs) Lewis Voting Rights Act. But call your representatives, even if you just get a voicemail, you'll go on the record and be on there. If you talk to a staffer, it all makes an impact. We need to make our voices heard. So that's our first to-do on our to-do list. What's our second one, Mariah? We are going to volunteer to to talk to voters in California and encourage them to vote no on the Republican recall that's currently underway. We need to reach out to people today from now until September 14th when the voting period ends. The link to to sign up to do that is going to be in the show notes. That's right. We'll get the beans to put them in the show notes so you can have an easy link to take action. If you haven't phone banked before, if you're nervous about phone banking, these are really easy conversations because as Mariah said, we're calling Democrats who maybe just don't even know that that ballot is sitting there in their mailbox and they just need to fill out no to that first question. And by the way, if you have the ballot and you haven't filled it out, do that right now. Stop what you're doing. Pause this podcast. Or you can let it play while you're doing it. That's fine, too. I mean, you can multitask, but you only have to fill out the first question. It's just one question. It's it's no and go. Fill out that you do not support the recall. There are no viable candidates on two, by the way. I know there's been a lot of talk about some kind of strategy behind uh, a, a fallback candidate. There is no viable candidate. There's only disaster. So spend the time that you would do researching question two and hop on the phone, call all your friends, make sure that they also vote no. And then our last call to action is something that the How We Win listeners have been very familiar with this summer. (laughs) We call it Pod Blast Summer. It's encouraging you to subscribe to the How We Win podcast and then tell a couple of friends about it. And then while you're at it, sign up to volunteer with Swing Left. (laughs) There is so much that you can do to be part of this community and help your fellow peeps out. That's right. Is this ask a little self-serving? Yes, absolutely. But does it also help serve our democracy, protecting and saving our democracy? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Because our show is all about driving people into action, giving them the inspiration and tools that they need to make an impact. We want you to help us with that. And then really the most important thing that we want you to do, if you haven't already, is go to swingleft.org and sign up to volunteer, maybe even join a local group or, or, or get on the 
very tastefully done email list and, and get to work with us. When we come back, Allison talks with Lori Garcia, a mom and a community organizer with Broward for Progress. And after that, we'll be back to deliver your good news and our own reasons for hope. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Suspect. In October 2008, the residents of the Valley View apartment complex in Redmond, Washington, held a Halloween party. Dozens of people in costume mingled, drank, and danced. But before the night was over, one of them was murdered. The police had a suspect. His story kept changing, but his DNA was at the crime scene. When he finally came in for questioning, the detectives felt like they were a breath away from a confession, but it didn't happen. And so the police focused their attention on another man, a man with a criminal record whose DNA was also found at the crime scene. And he just so happened to be the only black man at the party. Suspect is a new true crime miniseries about cutting edge forensic science and mislaid justice. It's about race and policing and ultimately the kinds of weighty decisions that cops and prosecutors make every day. Decisions that, once made, change lives forever and are almost impossible to reverse. So if you enjoy true crime and want to hear an original and fascinating podcast that looks at a multitude of different angles and perspectives while being entertaining and informative, I highly recommend Suspect. Follow Suspect on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can binge all nine episodes ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am joined today by the founder of Broward for Progress. That's right, Broward as in Florida. Please welcome Lori Woodward Garcia. Lori, it's great to see you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here because I've been thinking about my blue peeps in red states for a while now. And I wanted to reach out and talk to you to see what sort of resources and help that the rest of us can can give. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Broward for Progress. Can you talk about when you started that and why? Sure. So actually, um, you know, I, if I, you go back before Trump was elected, I could say I was probably the average voter, probably showed up to vote, but wasn't really too interested in the deep dive of politics. But I saw about six months out before the election, things just really were unsettling. I started hearing people on Facebook say terrible things about immigrants and and different things. And it just really got me out of my comfort zone, out of my bubble, that I started volunteering. And as soon as he won, I said to my family, we've got to figure this out and quick, because this is going to go downhill. And at that point, I'd already mobilized over 100 volunteers to door knock and phone bank uh, in my county. So I formed uh, Broward for Progress with some of those volunteers. And uh, we haven't stopped since in doing what we can to not only affect electoral work here in Florida and specifically Broward, but also policy around the state. So we are part of a large network of different resistant groups, if you will, uh, trying to push for progress in the state of Florida. And I'm very proud of the work that we've done. And just an example, a small example, this issue about the mask mandate with the governor in less than 48 hours, we've sent over 100,000 emails to different school board members on this issue across the state. And I'm very proud that we've been able to mobilize people to be able to voice their concerns about important issues happening in Florida. And yeah, and there are a lot of them you know, at this specifically at this moment with with the record number of cases of covid that you're seeing and the resistance to getting vaccinated. I think it's so incredible that you're not I mean, you you do a lot for get out the vote. But I love all of the like the example that you just gave, like to to move policy and change policy. I think that that's so important, particularly at the local government level and especially in Florida. I mean, to how how is it describe a little bit what it's like to be there because you know we we talked offline for a little bit and I told you I'm in, I'm in California you know we have vaccination requirements and to to go places and you know we all of our school staff has to be vaccinated and so I don't know I I can't understand I help me understand what it's like to be you in Florida especially with kids in school school age kids yeah so just a just a little bit uh it's it's chaos right now and when I say chaos it literally is chaos we have every other county has a different policy a different 
a response. You know, I'm getting emails and messages left, right, and center. Parents are having to stay home and quarantine with their children, take time off. We have worker shortages, so we don't have enough buses. So parents are having to take extra time off to, to, to be the bus, if you will, for their things. In addition to the number of sicknesses and illnesses and, and, and fatalities, uh, you know, we, Florida has, and I keep repeating this statistic, we have more COVID deaths in the state of Florida than the country of Canada. Even though our population is ha- almost half the size of Canada, we have, have much more fatalities. Our infection rate is, uh, I think I, I read that for the country, uh, it's like 37 in 100,000 and Florida is way up there. So we just, we have not done it well. Our governor has failed on every level. And now the panic is setting in because by mandating that our children had to return with no remote option, there is a desperate panic across this state of parents trying to figure out how they can keep their children safe in addition to all the chaos of you know, economic downturn, already struggling here in this state. And then you throw in there a lot of what I call crazy people that when you go to the school board to voice your opinion, they literally are spitting at you. They are pulling their mask off and trying to get in your face. I mean, it. I, when I say people have gone crazy, like it's 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 just it's it's terrifying here. It really is. And um, wasn't it recently that a story came out that your governor DeSantis was actually spending taxpayer money on mobile Regeneron clinics now? Regeneron is a great monoclonal antibody. It's it's a really good treatment for if you have COVID and before you get severe symptoms. But why? What sort of mobilization have you done to push him to to make it vaccines and not, you know, make it preventive and not reactive medicine? Like how's yeah. how's that going? Yeah. So I think that that's you. Thank you for asking that. And I think that's really where we are at here in this state. You know, unfortunately. You know, if you're an activist like me, we've kind of had to try and figure out our own way to solve our own problems. And we know that the governor is not going to help us at all. And so despite there is a a popular petition right now to recall him, that cannot be done. It's not it's not in our in our uh, constitution. It, It just cannot be done. But what we can do, which is what we've started as an organization, is We've started to a letter campaign that goes to all the uh, many of the local school board members, as well as the superintendents, to set a baseline. We are asking all of them in the state of Florida to say, you know what, we're going to we're going to do a mask mandate with zero opt out unless it's a medical necessity, especially if our positivity rate is above five percent. And our hospital's uh, bed capacity is above 85%. If we can get those two things, we will see a dramatic drop in transmission across the state. And we will also see a statewide pushback of parents, teachers, caregivers, community members against DeSantis's nonsense. And I think that has been, we've just kicked it off and we're really pushing hard because it does two things. One, we can keep ourselves safe if we do this. And number two, it sends a loud message. It's doable. We're going to stand together. Now, we saw here in Broward County, as soon as we got word that there was a possibility that they were just going to do a, a mask if you want or not, we pushed back. We mobilized people there for a protest in a state where we're not allowed to protest. We started a letter writing campaign as well as a petition. We actually had a very successful petition that a copy of it went to the White House as well as the Secretary of Education. And I'm proud to say the Secretary of Education came back and said, we're going to support those folks in Florida that are pushing back against this nonsense. So what we did here in Broward, we're trying to empower the other counties. So we've started connecting with other activists in other counties to take their power back from their local school boards and protect their families, protect their children. And so that's what we've been doing. And, um, you know, Regeneron is, 
what DeSantis is doing, and, and we've said this over and over, he's on a, his path is not, his eyes are not on Florida. He is completely 100% eyeing the White House. That's why he's been zigzagging across this nation, picking up checks. He wants to keep feeding his base with all of this nonsense. You know, we saw it three years ago, four years ago, when, you know, he, he had his child on TV building a wall. We've seen the attacks on immigrants, on working people in this state time and time again. Ron DeSantis has never represented the people of Florida. Ron DeSantis has always represented himself. And the people of Florida will, will be smart. You know, his, his incompetence is one thing. But now you're basically attacking our families and our children. Lord, no. So we're going to continue doing what we've done. We get with our folks and we're going to keep taking care of ourselves because, quite frankly, he hasn't been able to. No, he hasn't. And we, we're all watching, too. We can all see it. I want to talk a little bit more about voting and in Florida and voting rights, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with sure. me? All yeah. right. Thanks. We'll be right back, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's AG. And this segment of the pod is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. According to a survey, over two thirds of Americans made travel plans this summer. I did. And I'm excited to travel more this year, hopefully, to the East Coast, maybe maybe Disney World. I don't know. All of the travel means airlines, hotels, restaurants, bars, retail stores, and everyone in the industry has been ramping up their hiring. So where do growing companies like these go to build their teams? They go to ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free. Listeners of this show can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. The reopening of all these businesses will create millions of new jobs. And where do these businesses turn to fill those roles quickly? They go to ZipRecruiter. You can try it for free now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. And you post a job on ZipRecruiter, you have access to millions of job seekers across 100 of the top job sites, more than 100. And, you know, according to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. And ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at our exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. Once again, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And today's show is also brought to you by my new favorite snack. It's called Toodaloo. It's earth-friendly and it's delicious and it's wonderful. Seriously, you can say goodbye now to boring, bland, and unhealthy and unsustainable trail mix made from chemicals that harm you and the planet. Did you know most trail mix is filled with processed sugars? Dirty nuts that are dry roasted in toxic refined oils like canola oil, palm oil, and soybean oil. But not Toodaloo. Toodaloo is the world's first all-natural, totally delicious, climate-friendly trail mix packed with plant protein, superfoods, and adaptogenic herbs like lion's mane, ashwagandha, and reishi to help balance and support your body and mind. Toodaloo comes in five unique tasty flavors, chocolate, maple brittle, coffee, barbecue, and hot and spicy. The ancient herbs in each flavor promote a specific function in the body too, like better skin, better gut health, or chill mood. I love their barbecue flavor. It's called Smoke Show. This thing has 42 grams of plant protein in one bag. That's amazing. It's low in carbs. It supports energy flow to fuel your day. Toodaloo is grain-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, processed sugar-free, and the packaging is plastic neutral. And besides being the most satisfying and best-tasting trail mix ever, for each order placed, Toodaloo regenerates 100 square feet of polluted farmland back to rich, fertile soil. So it's nutritious food for you and a cleaner planet for everyone. And we've got a special offer for you. You get $5 off your first order of Toodaloo. Just visit toodaloo.com slash beans. That is the best URL in the business right now. That's toodaloo, T-O-O-D-A-L-O-O, toodaloo.com slash beans. And Toodaloo is so confident, you'll love it. Each purchase has a 100% best taste guarantee. This will definitely become your favorite go-to snack. It is mine. Seriously, the taste is incredible. So visit toodaloo.com slash beans to try it today. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking with the founder of Broward for Progress, Lori Woodward-Garcia. And Lori, before the break and right in the beginning of our conversation, I alluded to to get out the vote, right? And voting. And uh, I can see on your Zoom screen, you have the hashtag recess can wait. Our democracy can't. And that's about the For the People Act. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about because all of your get out the vote efforts are stymied by these voter suppression laws and gerrymandering and I mean, we've covered the the false uh, sham candidate scandal going on in Florida where they, they'll run a third party that has the same name as the Democrat and actually spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on mailers saying they're the Democrat and siphoning votes. We had one candidate 
lose by 37 votes. And there have people have been arrested. Artiles has been arrested. Rodriguez is in trouble. I think they're doing more investigating into that. But in the meantime, here we are coming up on a midterm election. What does Broward for Progress do to I mean, I'm assuming you've got you've had all these really amazing, successful petitions for protecting your kids and schools and COVID. Are you doing the same for voting rights? So, yeah, we've been pretty active over the past few months. Uh, We've been doing events online. Uh, You know, we were like everybody else, the John Lewis uh, visuals. We've been very loud about voting rights here in Florida. And let's be clear, when we talk about protecting our community, long lines, we have seniors that cannot stand in long lines. We have working people that can't take off from nine to five on certain days to vote. We just we also have a lot of people here in the state of Florida that for safety, because of COVID, we use that vote by mail ballot. And unfortunately, our legislators in this last session, they pulled that away. And now we have to re-register everybody for vote by mail. A lot of cumbersome things that they've done. So we've been very vocal about like we see you and we're watching what you're doing, but also alerting our greater community and around the state what we need to do. So our group will be active like we have been in the past in voter registration and get out the vote and any effort we can to educate people. I can tell you the last four years, just to give you an idea, I'm not worried about what's ahead of us because I do believe in the power of determined folks. And I say this because we have at Broward for Progress zero budget, but we have passionate people. We're completely grassroots. In the last election cycle, we we sent almost 100,000 postcards. We made over 10,000 phone calls and our folks took hundreds of thousands of actions, whether it was letter writing petitions. So I have no doubt that we'll be able to do that this time around. And I've been thinking about really creative ways to get through to people. And I, I'm more and more, I've got some, you know, I've got a checklist going and we're going to do that. And we're going to share that with grassroots group around Florida. Of course, what always helps is donations. You know, one thing I can tell you why we got into this, a, a lot of it is, and I think I mentioned this before, is we found that for our values, there was not a good core group that was leading on this. So, you know, unfortunately, our Florida Democratic Party is broken. It has been broken. It is not fixable. I don't care how much money you throw at it. It is not fixable at this point. I'm so sorry to say that, but it's true. Our C3s and C4s do amazing work in this state. Absolutely. But we feel as a grassroots group, we can help kind of plug the holes, if you will. And we've been doing that. So I feel like this next cycle and we've been fighting hard on different issues, we'll come strong again, trying to fight on democracy and making sure our folks get to the polls and stuff like that. But Florida, if you're thinking where you need to help, absolutely, Florida is ground zero. There's no doubt about it. Please, please, please add us to your list of of folks to help. Yeah. And I wanted to ask that. First of all, it sounds like the definition of government by the people, which is, you know, unfortunately, when when the government itself, when the elected officials aren't aren't doing what they what needs to be done, and God knows there's a lot of them in Florida who are not, then it's it's up to the people. So this is this is really amazing. I love the grassroots nature of it. I love the locality of it because this is this is a perfect example. And I talk about this all the time of how impacting your local government has an impact on our national government. And I think that that's just such an important lesson. And you are walking that walk. And so I think that that's really great. And I wanted to ask you if you could tell people how they can donate and how they can help out in Florida and how they can join your ranks. I've got so many listeners that would love to help do postcard writing and phone Thank banking you. and text banking. So if you could let everyone know how to Absolutely. how and where. So the first thing is get on our email list, go to browerforprogress.org and there's a get involved tab there. Just sign up and you'll see that we do a call to action. We send out a calendar. We invite anybody from around the country to join us. Uh, we try, I tell people we send out two emails a week, once the calendar, once the call to action. And then once in a while, we'll send out a pants on fire. And I got to be honest, this week with the, the mask, those pants on fire emails went out. So that's the first thing is, uh, you know, see, see what we're doing and then, you know, connect with us and, and any way that you want to. 
as I said, we're grassroots. We also partner with uh, 17 other groups around the state, also very small, lean organizations, but we've been really effective, I feel like, in, in pushing the narrative and progress here in Florida. I'll give you an example of this. We have been tireless on Rubio. Our group has protested his office many a time. And most recently, about a month ago, we actually coordinated with groups around to do a statewide action where we did a letter drop and a phone campaign into his offices in Orlando, Tampa, Tallahassee, and Miami. So that was uh, really exciting for us, not just to be doing our local actions, but we started coordinating. Additionally, we are coordinating with those groups around our legislative sessions. So we've already started identifying bills that we're going to be pushing back against. We're also looking at bills that we're going to be advocating for. And that's part of the work of, of building out that strategy locally is trying to figure out how this is going to impact us. So we fight on a local level a state level and a national level. And I'm really proud that we've been very successful in, in pulling people in and, and empowering them. And I think that's, if that's my big message for, for groups that are trying to figure out how do you do this in Florida, I've always said, if you connect with people on issues, mm. on issues, and you empower them to take their power, they will be loyal for life. And that's what we've been doing. We're not we're not beholding to any interest. We're moms, dads, abuelas, abuelos. We just want the system to work. We believe people deserve basic, fair, you know, fair how you know, housing and jobs and justice and climate. A safe school for their kids to go safe to. School. Yeah, I, how cr- crazy is that? I imagine that you probably have would have excellent outreach and connections with a lot of Republican moms and dads out there who who are fear for their kids' safety. I think DeSantis's awful, horrible, dangerous mistakes are also an opportunity to to win other voters and be like, look, this isn't about, you know, building a wall anymore. This is about our kids not dying. You know, just come to the Come to the, you know, the bright side of life, you know? Absolutely. Our um, our group has really taken that we try and stay in the middle. We don't, we try and stay away from left, right, D's and R's from a label standpoint. And we fight in the middle on issues because the reality is, is when you sit down and talk to most Floridians, we can all agree that we want clean air, clean water, good jobs, you know, we want to get out of COVID. We want our children to go to good schools. These are basic issues that we fundamentally can agree on. Unfortunately, partisan politics has sort of sucked up a lot of the energy in Florida, but that's okay. We we look at those dumpster fires around us and we just keep navigating as an organization and keep doing what we're doing. And I'm really proud of the outreach that we've been able to do and connect with folks and continue to do that, you know, in whatever way we can to give them their power back. And, and I got to uh, take a moment to, to point out that it's just not my group. And we've always said this, I have a co-leader, Anna and Samuel. She's an amazing co-leader. She's been with me for a long time since we started. We had another co-leader. She just moved out to Nevada, but we have other members that are very active taking actions. And that's really what it is. It's not our, my group specific, it's our group. And so if a member says, hey, Lori, I want to fight on this issue, we have this strategy. Let's talk about it. Come up with a call to action. Who's our target? What do we need to do? And then we amplify that and share that out. So we've done that on local issues, whether it was an environmental issue where there was like a housing development. Another issue, a big issue down in Miami-Dade is we have these areas where they're burning trash in rural er- or in communities you know, like next to your house, there's an empty lot. So we've helped there. So we we find a way to give people back their power. I think that's what all officials or representatives should be doing to begin with. It's just crazy that it's just us, a group of moms and dads and community members that are figuring a way to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm so glad that you were able to join us today and talk about these issues. And out there, Leguminati, everyone in the Leguminati, if you want to adopt Florida, <laughs> One of the best ways to do it is to link up with Lori here and her group, 
Broward for Progress. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. And we'll be in touch because I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how things are going. And I would love some updates in the future. Definitely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And if you all can keep Florida in your prayers, not just for COVID, but for you know, a beautiful Florida is is really reflective of a beautiful America. And we're better than this. I know this. I've seen this in our people and in our state. We won't be um, labeled by DeSantis's incompetency. Flor- Floridians will show up. We just need a little bit of help to get empowered to do so. But we're, we're getting there. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thank and you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG with The Daily Beans. And this segment of the podcast is brought to you by Upstart. Being in debt can be daunting, overwhelming, and demoralizing. But luckily, Upstart can help you get out from under debt and get ahead with that final payment. A personal loan from Upstart will help you pay off your debts quickly. Over half a million people have used Upstart to consolidate debt or pay off credit cards or fund personal expenses. And they use simple fixed payments. It's easy. Other lenders look at your credit score only. But Upstart knows you're more than just a number. They look at other factors. They look at income and employment history. And then they can offer you a smarter rate with their trusted partners. And just a five-minute online rate check, you can see what your rate is up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And then you hit apply. And if you're approved, your funds can be available in less than 24 hours, next business day. I know a lot of people lived off credit cards during the downturn, during the economy. It's really hard to get out of that debt. You make the minimum payment and, and it, the balance just stands still. So let Upstart help you lower your monthly payments. You'll make that final payment. and It'll feel so much better. Go to upstart.com slash dailybeans. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. And please use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. So go to upstart.com slash dailybeans and get started today. Today's show is also brought to you by Proton. This is so cool, everybody. I'm so excited about this new sponsor. It's business in a box. It's so great. No matter what you're already doing, I know so many of our listeners here are already creators. You have your own Etsy shops. You sell stuff on Amazon. You make soaps. I know... (laughs) There's so many different, there's so many amazing, amazing creators. You've sent me all your stuff. And Proton can just add another revenue stream for you and help drive people to your business, whether you're actually selling something or you're giving a service. So let me tell you, this is a tool for you to expand your customer base. It's called Proton. It's an app-based, all-in-one tool for your small business. They've just announced an incredible free offer. And I'll get to that in a second. But let me tell you like what it is. It's like LinkedIn on steroids, right? You download the app for free. Then you create your presence. takes five minutes to do. So like I said, if you have an Etsy store or sell stuff on your own website or you use other vendors, this is an additional tool you can use to grab more eyes and grab more customers and drive them to your site and your business. Or you can conduct all your business right there. It's amazing. You can, you can attract new clients through engaging videos and connect to your calendar for hassle-free scheduling. Proton also manages your payments. They do it all in one place. They provide detailed reports too. That's so that you can analyze your, you know, your customers and your income and your inventory. And right now, Daily Beans listeners can try Proton for free. Just visit proton.com slash Daily Beans. Proton has two ends. Okay. So you have to say it like a little bit extra long, like Proton. Okay. So it's proton.com slash Daily Beans. That's two ends. And from there, from the proton.com slash Daily Beans, that's where you can download the app for free in seconds and then set up your profile in just minutes with no obligation. I just want you to check it out. Again, proton.com slash daily beans. That's P-R-O-T-O-N-N, proton.com slash daily beans. Welcome back. It is time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. Once again, we are filling in from Swing Left's How We Win podcast. And I love this segment because on our Mm -hmm. show, we always uh, have our reasons for hope that we talk about. And uh, and it's really important to highlight stuff that keeps us motivated and keeps us going and, and some positive news. If you have any good news, confessions, corrections, misheard lyrics, shit your kids say, or just about anything, let us know at dailybeanspod.com slash confessional or click the link in the show notes. But first up, before we get into all of this, let's hear our reason for hope, courtesy of Mariah. Oh, we're going to do that now? Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to cry, not going to cry, not going to cry. <laughs> a couple weeks ago on the How We Win podcast, we were talking about the Afghan Girls Robotics team, which 
gained international fame for a group of girls and young women who were went got to go to school in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. were involved in a lot of STEM activities and created a, a robotics team that traveled the world. They were most recently known for creating uh, recycled ventilator parts to help COVID patients that needed to go on, on ventilators. I believe they were made from right. amazing car parts. So the problem with uh, being a girl who has notoriety for being educated in Afghanistan with the Taliban in control is that you have a target on your back. And the team was stuck in Afghanistan and people figured they were probably going to be targeted by the Taliban. Steve, they've all gotten out, which is Absolutely incredible. Um, Some of them were in vehicles that were searched by the Taliban multiple times on their way out of the country and nobody recognized them. And there's a documentary about them that's in post-production about the original team. And when that gets shown to the world, it's going to be so powerful showing what girls can do when you educate them and and give them equal rights. So thank you to the volunteers, the governments, and the girls and their families and friends that that made it possible for them to get out of of Afghanistan. Yeah, thank you for highlighting that. They were our hero of the week, our heroes of the week Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. And what a enormous relief that they have made it out. And thanks for telling their story a little bit on this show, too, because more people need to hear about these incredible young women. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> and you made it without without really crying, too. I, which, I'm which tearing is, uh, up, but not bawling. <laughs> <laughs> almost got you there. Yeah, you did. I got, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad I got to do a dry run. <laughs> But now, yeah, let's let's hear from um, all these Daily Beans fans who... Sure. I'll take the first one. Yeah. I'll take Anonymous, she, her. I just want to give mad props to AG. She is the podcast queen. Woo! That's true. I'm grateful for all the info you gather and share every day. Thank you for all of your hard work. Pet tax. We rescued this girl from a backyard when it was 118 degrees outside. God. Sadly, that could be just about anywhere in the U.S. right now. That doesn't really isolate where she lives, but Mm -hmm. she was super malnourished and pretty sick. She's over 15 years old and is now living her best life. I hand feed her several times a day. What a good mom. Mm -hmm. She has a humidifier and a steamer and sleeps on a heating pad. Wow. For as long as she lives, she will be loved and safe. And there's just a beautiful picture of this little cat. I especially love the second picture we're looking at here that says best pick ever. I I wanted to take this one because full disclosure, I I hope I don't make people upset and unsubscribe from our show. Uh I'm really a dog person. I'm not so much a cat person, but this cat really took my heart because it is so sweet. She is gorgeous. Yeah. And I like the mandala shawl too. Yeah. She's, she's, she's living my best life. (laughs) <laughs> well taken care of. <laughs> Next up, we have Leslie, she, her. Hello, Beans Queens. Been listening since just before the election last year. And thank you for helping this Canadian have a better understanding of just what the heck is happening in the U.S. <laughs> me too. I have some good news, although it might not seem like it at first, but bear with me. The past few months have been extra hard. In May, I discovered that my Crohn's disease was no longer in remission and I was going to have to start immunosuppressive therapy. It was a shock because I had no GI symptoms that I noticed, but it actually done some damage to my intestines. Mm. The very next day, my mom told me she had a probable cancerous lump in her breast and needed a lumpectomy. Two weeks later, I found a lump in my own breast. All this while still in a pandemic. Needless to say, it's been a lot to deal with, but there is good news. While my mom did indeed have cancer, it was stage zero, non-invasive, basically the best diagnosis you can have while still having cancer. They got it all. She had two weeks of radiation just to make sure, and she's doing great. Oh, so glad to hear that. Yes. I stayed with her while she had her surgery, and once the initial worry was over, I had a nice weekend hanging out with my mom and her dog. My own lump turned out to just be a cyst, and now I have a good baseline for future screenings. My entire family is now fully vaccinated, and my son and I are flying to Calgary in October so he can compete in the Canadian Irish Dance Championships. Wow. Good for him. 
As for my Crohn's and the immunosuppressive therapy, well, it turns out that the extreme fatigue and joint pain I've been having are also symptoms of Crohn's, which is an autoimmune disease. So I'm looking forward to seeing a big improvement once I start treatment. Plus, it's three hours of enforced me time every eight weeks. I'm sorry this is so long, but I do have a pod pet tax to make up for it in the form of my two black cats, Bast and Mikey. Sadly, we had to say goodbye to our sweet bass on Monday. Oh, Leslie, I'm so sorry. But we know it was the right thing to do. Oh, stop it. Get it together. (laughs) There she goes. And have 14 years of beautiful memories with her. We still have our Mikey. And even though we fondly refer to him as the (laughs) jerk... He is doing his best to give extra snuggles. No, not. <laughs> Love to us all. Bass is the one with the white blaze on her chest. Mikey is the one on the bed. And yes, that is a knife in his mouth. Stuffed, I promise. <laughs> I want to encourage your cat-loving listeners to give Black cats a chance. They are the least adopted cats. And it's very unfair because they are so sweet. Plus, you can pretend you have your own mini Panthers. Leslie, these are gorgeous cats. Thank you so much. And as just an aside, I do want to send a message to, to Leslie. I have ulcerative colitis, which is like the cousin of Crohn's disease. And I have been putting off having a, getting a much needed colonoscopy for years because <laughs> I, hate, I hate getting colonoscopies. And um, I is my doctor's do office. You? Yeah, not, strange. Not uh, I like the anesthesia part, but the rest is just awful. Um, <laughs> so the doctor's office called me last week. They were like, "You you got to make one. It's been years." So I made an appointment. I don't know what day it's for because I was planning on canceling it today. Wow. I have been having fatigue and joint pain. Leslie, I am getting that colonoscopy because I thought that I was I was symptom free and I might not be and thanks to your message I am committing to that and encouraging everyone out there whatever you have do not mm. ignore something and hope it'll go away. Get it taken care of. And Leslie, thank you for sharing because I'm I'm going to take care of my health. I have pets and people to, to take care of as well. So that is, let's take care of each other. That is amazing how that happened. I'm grateful to Leslie. I'm grateful to you. You know, I'm just going to say it. I just had, I know I sound so youthful, but I just had my 50 year checkup and it's time for my colonoscopy. So Mariah, we can be colonoscopy buddies. Right. That, is that a thing? An, we could record an episode of how we went. <laughs> Right after we come out. I mean, <laughs> that's one thing in this highly you know, divisive country of ours that can unite us is um, <laughs> our, our lack of wanting to go in for the essential colonoscopy. <laughs> so we'll report back on that. We're going to be back here. I guess we're um, host, <laughs> hosting Friday's show, too. So if we can if we can squeeze that in, no pun intended, before Friday's show, we'll let you know how the colonoscopy went. Yeah, I know people are going to be dying, <laughs> dying to hear about it. <laughs> They've already stopped listening to us. But um, <laughs> this cute little black cat, I'm, I'm being won over by the by the kitties on today's episode because this cat is adorable, too. So. All right. We have another anonymous, she, her. I'm a psychotherapist in Washington, D.C., which is my hometown. Recently, the D.C. Department of Health announced that all licensed and unlicensed D.C. healthcare workers are required to get vaccinated. Failure to do so can result in disciplinary action, suspension, or revocation of one's professional license. Additionally, specific healthcare workers, psychotherapist included, are required to take two hours of continuing education credits on vaccine safety vaccine counseling, and vaccine efficacy. I feel really proud to be part of a city that takes vaccination seriously Mm. and understands how all healthcare workers have an important role in protecting our patients and our community. Thank you, AG, DG, Amy, and the entire Beans crew for all that you do. I feel so grateful to all of you for making the shitstorm of the news digestible and enjoyable to listen to. I love the good news segment and hearing everyone's stories as well. It really helps to increase my sense of connectedness, especially during these isolated and disconnected times. For pod pet tax, I am attaching a photo of my mom's dog. Uh, See, I'm going to try Kaya? Kaya? How would you say that, Mariah? Kaya? Kaya? Yeah, Kaya. I just Uh, watched White Lotus, so I feel like I'm 
up on <laughs> on all things that sound Polynesian and Hawaiian. There you go. Okay, we'll go Kaya. She is a one-year-old Havanese who loves sitting on laps, giving kisses, and wagging her tail at all times, even in her sleep. I love Aww. that. Oh, and look, see, now we're right in my wheelhouse with this cute Havanese. Look at her. Bushies. What a cute pup. Yes, you could just see that smile on her face the whole time. And yes, thank you to DC. Also, to Anonymous, thank you for your work as a psychotherapist right now, too, oh, yeah. because we really are in such a deep mental health crisis in our country and your work couldn't be more important. So I'm grateful for you and your, I hope it's Kaya, but however you pronounce this sweet dog's name, a uh, little bushy thing. Thank you for sharing. This was fun. This was fun, right, Mariah? I love this. Oh, I had a blast. Thanks for letting us take over your show, Beans listeners. Thanks, Beans team. Yeah, we crashed it. We loved it. We'd love for you to hop on over and subscribe to our show, of course, Swing Left. Swing Left's how we win. Of course, sign up at Swing Left. That's the most important thing, swingleft.org. This says we promise you will be entertained and inspired and we will give you important actions that you can do every week to help save our democracy. That is a high bar, but you know what? I think we can meet it. We promise. Yeah. We promise. It, I'm 90% sure that you, that will be happen. That will be the thing. <laughs> <laughs> we also want to hear from you. So if you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Blues Boy Steve. And I'm at Mariah underscore Craven. So I've been Steve Pearson. And I've been Mariah Craven. And, and then the Beans. The, beans. <laughs> <laughs> The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. <laughs>